You are now listening to the Minority Trailblazer podcast. Let the story begin. One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin. Hold me down. Welcome to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast, and I'm your host, Greg Ehill, the Culture Change Agent. On this show, we interview young, successful minorities in a variety of fields to educate, empower, and inspire our current and future generation of leaders. And today, I got a show for you, man. I'm excited to have this brother on. It's been a couple years since we rapped, man, but I saw him. Luckily, Facebook is still good for a lot of stuff nowadays outside of like business advertising. And he popped up on my feed. I was like, man, I got to connect with the brother. Uh, we met a couple years back. And shout out to Eric Thomas, man. We met a couple years back at a... Um, a brunch and BU. We hit it off. I haven't talked to him in a while. And then I was like, I looked him online. I was like, yo, he'd be perfect to have on the show because over the last couple of years, and I'm going to read a snippet of his bio, he's done some amazing work, first and foremost, with his company, but actually, first and foremost, with his family. So I can't wait to dive in. It's going to be a phenomenal interview. It's going to be a classic. You heard it here first classic. So he's a graphic designer, brand consultant, and CEO of 120 Design Studio, which is one of the highest rated graphic design agencies in the United States. His agency specializes in helping authors, speakers, coaches, and solopreneurs in two major areas where they consistently fall short at their visual brand identity, and online presence. His keen sense of design and attention to detail helps his clients increase brand awareness, credibility, and most importantly for entrepreneurs and people out there in businesses, sales. In less than three years since entering the graphic design space, he has helped over 300 clients and has built 120 Design Studio into a six-figure agency. Him and his team enjoy helping their clients ensure the quality of their visual brand match the quality of their services, products, and other offerings. And when he is not sipping coffee and obsessing over color palettes, he's spending time with his wife and four children. I did not misquote that. And this is a young brother, right? So without further ado, I would like to introduce Marshall Fox to the Minority Trouble as a podcast, man. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, brother. I'm excited to be here. I knew when we first met yeah. back in, I think it was 2016. Yeah, 2016. That, uh, yeah, you were a different kind of cat, man. So it's, it's just been amazing to see what you've done with this podcast. And I'm just happy to to share this platform with you. Thank you. Yeah. And it's, the crazy thing about it is, I, did I meet you at the beginning of you starting your business or right before you did? It was it was just before. It was just before. I actually uh, joined BU the day mm-hmm. I left my full-time job to uh-huh. jump into insurance sales. So I was still a couple, a couple months out from this whole thing. 
Got you. And, and side note, I know we're getting into it into the podcast, but do you still do insurance sales as well? No, sir. No, that ended abruptly. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we'll definitely talk about that, man. So yes, it's it's uh it's exciting news, man. So um as we always do with our show, we like to start the show off with some energy, with some buzz. So can you share with our audience a quote or a mantra that you live by and then a story about how you apply that quote or mantra to your everyday life? Mm. A good one that I'm thinking of, and if you, mm-hmm. if you if you're familiar with me or if you follow me on Instagram or anything like that, one of my main mantras is: if you don't kill it, your family won't eat, and that's taken right from the, uh, Dr. Eric Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I, I I love that. I have I have that on my wall. I have a canvas. I look at that every day because it's just a reminder. And like you said, I have four children. I have a wife. If I don't kill it, whenever every time I want to slack slack off or chill or or maybe just scroll on social media or do something that's that's not productive or not not putting me in the right position or pushing me in the right direction at that given moment i just think about that man if you don't kill it your family won't eat like my wife's a stay-at-home mom i got four kids three of which are ages three and under so mm-hmm. they depending on me so mm-hmm. if i'm if, if i'm slacking off you know that, that's less that's less revenue coming in the business isn't isn't doing as well that's less vacations. That's less impact. So I just think about that all the time. That's that's one of the mantras that really drives me on a day to day basis. Mm, man, so let's just jump right in. Um, so can you share with our audience a little bit about who you are and where you come from, man? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So like you said, I'm Marshall Fox, 30 years old, been married over 10 years. I have four beautiful children um, living in, in northern Maryland, was born and raised in Baltimore. I'm in the graphic design space, like you shared already. I've been doing this for it's coming up on three years. It hasn't even really it hasn't even been three years yet. It's crazy even saying that. Um, <laughs> but, but but like I alluded to earlier, all my adult life. So I was in 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 private sector. So I was in security and loss prevention. My ro- most recent corporate gig was managing a fraud investigations team at a credit union here in Maryland. Um, but around that time, I started really getting into personal and professional development and reading a lot of books. I discovered Eric Thomas around that time. I, I, I'm sure the, the, the listeners to this podcast know who that is. So definitely. Yeah. I was getting up early, you know, the whole nine working out, praying, reading. So I felt invincible at the time. I felt like I could run through a brick wall. So I said <laughs> to my wife, I said, Hey, I'm leaving my full-time job on April 1st. This is February 22nd, 2016. I said, I'm leaving my, I'm leaving the job on April 1st. She said, no, you're not. You're crazy. And- and at the time, how many kids you had? I had, what we had? We had two at the time. We had two at the time. Okay. <laughs> Yo, so uh-huh. So you get said, up. No, you crazy. You've been listening to ET. <laughs> Man, look, when I tell you no savings, no no cushion, no nothing. I did have an insurance license. I was like, you know, I'm leaving. You know, I'm not, I'm, I, I felt, you know, I wasn't really the nine to five type, you know, even though I was appreciative for that gig and the relationships that I built. While I was there, but I said, you know, I'm leaving. I, I want to take my 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 destiny and, and my income and all of that into my own hands. And uh, luckily, you know, I had my father to kind of help and guide me. He's been in the insurance industry for over 30 years, so I was going to join the the company that he that he worked with. So he had like a small agency. I was like, you know, I'm going to help him build that, and we're going to do big, great things. So left my full time job on April 1st that day. Is the day I joined Breathe University. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we met, I think, less than two weeks later. Yeah. So, you know, I'm joining BU. I'm meeting these people. 
And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm going to, I'm going, I'm going to kill it in insurance. So to, to my credit, I did have a couple great months, uh-huh. you know, and I was leaving the top producer for a couple months um, early on. And then I felt flat on my face, not to get into the details, but um, you know, they have what, what are called leads that you pay for. So people who call in when they see the commercial on TV and they want you to come out and see them mm-hmm. and what the type of insurance we were selling is a uh, final expense insurance. So that's small face amount, whole life insurance for mainly for seniors mm-hmm. so those seniors who are you know older in age and they didn't really save anything for their funeral they just want to have like ten thousand dollars for a funeral we were sell- we were selling that type of insurance so I-, I spent a lot of money on some leads in a neighborhood that was not so friendly to my kind if you know what i yeah. mean so it was right around mm-hmm. the, the, the trump election and when i couldn't sell one policy so I, bu- I, I bought a bunch more leads trying to dig myself out of that hole and got into a deeper hole than a deeper hole Man, it was a dark time. This is the first time in my adult life that I'm looking at tons of unpaid bills. Mm. They, they, they're calling about the car, getting ready to come get the car. It was just a dark time. And but this I had is you with two kids. Yep. Fresh off the first couple months, man. You pumped up. You got the motivation <laughs> already. You got the, the power for pound, the best motivational speaker in the planet. You got a community of people around here. But it's like, hold up. You already had three months hit a wall. Yep. Yep. So I had, I had a choice to make. I said, all right, so you got to keep going. You know, and honestly, people in sales in general and, and insurance, they go through ups and downs like this. So, you know, I wasn't going to give up by any means, you know, and even after I started the graphic design, like I was still selling insurance for a couple of months. Um, but things picked up so quickly that I had to basically stop. But just to rewind just a little bit, uh, my wife said, uh, you know, I'll go back to work and, and I'll get a job, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll help out. And I knew at that point that you know, I had to man up. I had to make something happen. And she said, you know what? Why don't you do graphic design? And I said, what do you mean? She said, you know, you're gifted at that. There's something you're always interested in. Every time we go out, you know, you're looking at a sign or a menu or something and say, oh, that's terrible. I could do that better. She said, why don't you Why don't you do that? And I said, no, I don't have the experience. I didn't go to school for it. Um, you know, every, every excuse in the book, I even Googled the average salary and it was like $60,000 for graphic design. I said, no, I can't feed my family off of that. Um, I, I can't do it. But I said, you know what? I'll I'll give it a shot. So I did a logo for somebody in Breathe University, mm-hmm. um, YB. Say, hey, man, you mind if I, I take care of, you know, I, I'll give you a couple concepts for your, your logo. I think it could use some work. He said, go for it. So I created a couple logo design concepts and shared it with him. He said, you know what? This is hot. I like this. So he shared the logo in the community and on his LinkedIn network. And things just exploded. I got referral after referral after referral. Within a couple months, I had like 40 clients. And it, it was just nuts. Wow. Uh, everything I was doing was the first, the first time I was doing it. So somebody needed a book cover. Somebody needed a website. So I was really learning on the go. And things, you know, we went from like literally zero to over $10,000 a month within two months. So, you know, wow. things kind of blew up from there. I, I kind of paused. But yeah, that's how... Things kind of started for me in this space just a couple of years ago. Man, so I that that's already off the jump of riveting story, man. So let's let's take it, let's take it to that moment where, all right, what was there some were there particular things? Was it that one conversation with your wife that sparked like, all right, let's go in that direction? And what was that first day like, all right, cool. So I don't have nowhere to start. Um, what even drove you to to ask in the community, hey? Let's go ahead and make that happen. Like, what was it? A, what is it? A drastic change, or was it just one conversation? You lead them with intuition, and then also too, 
How long have you been in graphic design before that, prior? Yeah, so to answer your first question, man, it what drove me was just being at rock bottom for the first time. Like, I grew up middle class, never really missed a meal, so I never really had that rock bottom. We always hear those stories, and we all have them. You know, I, I heard about yours, Greg. I don't know if it was through an interview or, or something, but we all have that rock bottom. But I never had, had one until that summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was looking at my kids and my wife and, and, and just knowing that I had, to, I had to man up. I wasn't going to send her back, back to work. I'm a, I'm a traditional type of guy. I knew when I brought her home that I wanted her to stay home. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If she wanted to do, get a job, it's not because she needed to. It would be because she wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was that type of guy. So that, that's really what drove me. So all the fear and reservations that I had prior to that, that's really what drove me. So I just reached out. I was going to find somebody. And who's going to say no to a free logo? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. Once you got the logo, you got your first one. And the power of community. We want to talk about Matter of fact, let's go ahead and jump right there. And right now, uh, for our audience listening, what do you, not only in the Breathe University, but what is your thoughts on the power of community and really utilizing community? Because there's people out here that even if they don't have a Breathe University, which they can join Breathe University, and it'll be in the show notes. Bump it. I love ET. Boom. It's going to be in the show notes too. But there's people out there that either A, are in the community and not utilizing it, or B, don't they, they they say to themselves, I don't have a community for my service, et cetera. Can you speak on the power of community and then also too, how can people start to utilize their own community? And I could talk for hours and hours on end about this alone because this was something that was extremely critical to mm-hmm. you know propelling my career and life to where it is now is the community. It's it's literally everything. Uh, but I think it, it it's twofold because it's one thing to have a community and it's another thing to, you know, be in the right community. And I, I think mm. I was in a fortunate position to have found the right community at the right time. You know what I'm saying? So just to be surrounded with those with like minds, with similar goals and ambitions, with similar struggles, um, not only to learn from them and, and and have them help build me up, but to also teach someone something and help build them up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that that's something that I, I really appreciate and find value in with with the uh, the few communities that I'm a part of online, at least. Um, and also, you never know who you'll meet. You know, I was one co- one connection away from my whole life changing. And that was with YB, who I found through that community. He was also at the meetup as well um, in Maryland when you mm-hmm. came up. So, it's, man, it's everything. You, you, you never know who you'll meet. And you never know whose life you can change by getting connected and getting active in certain communities. Mm, and I think you said something big. You're, you're, everybody typically is one connection away. Like mm-hmm. he didn't ask you for, uh, hey, so, all right, cool. You say you do this. Uh, let me see your website. Let me see this. Let me see that. You, you, so what, what calls you, A, to, to do free work from the jump? And then two, how from that situation now you have all these clients and this is new to you. Um, how did you keep going as far as making processes, et cetera? Like how was that first year? Man. So luckily having that connection initially is really what gave me a lot of the credibility. So when he posted mm. that logo, I kind of had him vouching for me. So people trusted me, you know, without really having seen anything, you know, I had, did have a couple people that, um, Said, you know what? I, this 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 isn't a good fit right now. I, you know, I don't really see a lot of what I need from you. 
You know what I'm saying? Like it's from, uh, you know, portfolio wise or process wise or what have you. And, you know, I asked him, I said, you, you know, you got to have faith in me. And, you know, some people elected not to. And that's that, that was fine. You know, I, I was in my feelings a little bit, <laughs> uh, you know, in a mm-hmm. couple situations. But um, luckily, I had enough business coming to me where it wasn't it wasn't a big issue. But like I said, I was figuring a lot of things out on the fly. You know, even even pricing. And, and I have what, what I call now the Fox Freelance formula is with those initial clients, I look for a few specific things. I look for, of course, a dope portfolio piece, but I also look for some referrals from that client. If I was doing something for them for free, I look for, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, a, a, a good review or testimonial. And I look for repeat business. And of course, they, they turn into a brand ambassador as well. If, some, if you do something dope for somebody and you don't charge them or you give them a heavy discount, of course, they're going to be a mouthpiece. Of course, they're going to be a brand ambassador. And honestly, YB, now we're, we're business partners um, and we're still connected to this day. He's become like a brother to me, all because I did something for him for free. So those first few clients, it was a similar situation. I'm not saying everybody was free initially, but um, they were heavy discounts. I didn't even really know. I was like, how much does a logo cost? I don't I, I don't know. How much should I charge? <laughs> uh, how much is a book cover? How much is a website? So um, those clients really served to give me a solid foundation as I was figuring things out business wise. And I, I, I took a course. Um, it was like a master class on on freelancing. And it, it really paved, paved the uh, paved the way for my processes that we, that are still in place right now uh, when it comes to client onboarding. Um, and then the whole client process and then delivery and, and, and post project. So that was that was instrumental. Don't be afraid to invest in yourself. Like I think we were down to like our last five hundred dollars, and I spent that on that master class, um, just to learn. Was it the whole, uh, was it in is it was in preview? Was another person? No, it was separate. It was a uh, freelance domination by Daniel D. Piazza. Some of you may know him. Um, so yeah, that course has been instrumental in and the foundation of how we do business. So um, yeah, man, it, it, it it's, it's been it's been a it's been a crazy journey, and I'm just enjoying it. Mm. And then what outside of, of course, the, the bedrock moment, even with the success, what were some of the toughest moments you didn't even expect starting out? Like even also say this is after. OK, now you are from zero to literally 10,000 in the first couple months. It's like, whoa, this is this is real money. We good now. Like what was some of the tough moments b- between there? Because, you know, as as optics change now, tough moments may not necessarily be financial. They may be other ones. Cause I, I think we always talk about as entrepreneurs, um, not always, but in certain circles, the obstacles of getting funding, getting your first clients financial, but there becomes a whole different subset of other issues and problems that you have to address and find solutions to once you get started. And, and once you get started actually making money. Yeah, man. So it's, it's, it's several as I'm sure your listeners know. So one of the, one of the ones that comes to mind is that, you know, Sounds good. Okay, yeah, we're six figure agency, but over a hundred thousand dollars is not that much money. Like it sounds good when you're not making it, but when you are, and then you have tons of expenses, um, you, you realize it's, it's really not that much. So you know, having having great months, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollar months, and then you, you you travel a couple times, go to a few conferences, or you you know do some marketing, um, hire an employee. That money's gone. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So um, just learning that, seeing that firsthand kind of roller coaster that it can be financially with clients and you know um you know as, as certain things are kind of seasonal or you may have a couple great months and then a couple slower months seeing that and then a, a second one is um i'm not sure if you've heard of imposter syndrome 
But that's mm-hmm. something that I've kind of dealt with because everything did happen so fast. I sit there and I think like, man, this, is this thing going to just, just blow up all of a sudden? Is this thing going to come crashing down? You know, did I, is this bubble going to burst? You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I don't have the formal training. It's just negative talk, mm-hmm. really. You know, I don't have the formal training. When somebody comes and calls me out, say, man, you don't, you, know, you don't have any formal training. What are you doing? Um, you know, I could come and design circles around you. You know, just think, thinking negatively too often. That stuff kind of creeps up on me as well, and it'll keep you up at night. Um, but that's something that I, now that I know what it is, um, it's something that I try to stay ahead of. And, and once I ha- start having those thoughts, just realize, man, it's just imposter syndrome. Don't listen to that. You do deserve everything that you have, everything that's coming to you. Um, you know, you you are somebody. You are a subject matter expert. Uh, you 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 are somebody of influence. So just just trying to have more uh, positive self talk versus letting that imposter syndrome c- creep in. But that's something that. I wasn't aware of until this thing started popping off. <laughs> <laughs> and how would you say you evolved the most at personally also? And, and, and we're going to get to the family side later. So you don't have to talk, hit the family side, but personally over the last three years due to the business. And then from a business perspective, like what does the business taught you personally? And it caused you to grow like the, the areas. And then from a business perspective, what, in the beginning, you weren't that sharp on, but now like a, a area like, yo, I know this inside and out. This is my thing. I run to that. Hmm, that's a good question. I will say say this: it's not it's not something that, as far as being an expert mm-hmm. at one particular, it's not something that is that just happens. It takes time, and I actually did the math um over the past almost three years. I've I've reached ten thousand hours in this in this gift in this craft, and now I feel like I can talk about branding, logo design, web design all day long but it, it, it's, it's not something that kind of just happened all at once it's something that's kind of gradually happened over time and a lot of it has come with working with tons and tons of clients seeing their pain points seeing areas that they're weak in and helping them strengthen those areas so it's something that just kind of come over time like just just being a subject matter expert in certain areas mm. and how do you stay sharp now like okay you're three years in you still got a long, God willing, a long roadway ahead of you. But how do you like out? OK, Breathe University, great community. And then you have E.T. providing what he provides. What other things do you do to stay sharp as far as a business perspective, but also to person? Like, how do you keep your edge? Man, so when it comes to the business, I would say, and this is something that's pretty been pretty consistent, is just doing a lot of reading. You know what I'm saying? But now I don't read as many books, but I read I've read fewer books and I try to apply the principles from those books. So I may take a month or two on one book just to slowly read through it and apply the principles and go back and check to see if if what I'm applying is working. You know, so that's 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 one thing. And then from a personal perspective, I'm just always working on myself. I know a lot of us, especially if you listen to this podcast. We're all about self-development, mm-hmm. self-improvement. But something that I struggle with the most is consistency. Mm. You know, so, you know, I may start a pro like workout program, for example, <laughs> or, 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 you know, and then I fall off like halfway through. So that's something that I've, I've constantly I'm constantly trying to tackle. So that is something that's been helping me stay sharp as well. It's just continuing to to Im- Im- improve myself and cr- improve my consistency because it'll spill over into other areas life areas of life you know mm-hmm. if if i'm consistently um working out on a daily basis even if i don't want to you know and and, I, and i've started to not 
not be so hard on myself. So if I set goals, it's not like, okay, you don't have to work, work out at four o'clock AM. If you just commit to working out every day at some point, you know, and make that a habit, then you'll see positive results. So it's starting to pour over in other areas of life. So it's like, okay, make sure you're spending X amount of time with your kids every single day, mm-hmm. you know, make sure mm. you're doing activities on the weekends and don't, and don't let work consume you all hours of, of every day. So, um, you know, that, that, Having that like consistency at the root is really something that helps to keep me sharp. Mm. And I meant to ask you this at the beginning of the podcast, but how do you personally define success? How do I personally define success? Mm-hmm. It's a statement and I don't want to misquote it, but it's basically doing what I love every single day, um, being surrounded with those who I love and those who love me, being where I'm celebrated, not where I'm tolerated. Um, living life on my own terms, having the freedom. Um, it, you man, it's it's sometimes where I'm just driving down the street, or I'm I'm going to Panera Bread or something. I'm like, man, what if I was at at my nine to five right now, or what if I was I had to deal with rush hour? Man, I had the other day, I w- I drove down to see my grandmother who was in the hospital. Um, mm-hmm. and she's in she's in Southern Maryland. I'm in Northern Maryland, so it's about an hour and a half drive. And I got stuck in some traffic. I'm like, man, I ain't really been in no traffic in about two years. <laughs> like, I was just so appreciative of how my life is now compared to how it was. And it's little things like traffic that'll really make you appreciate, you know, wh- where I am. Because it's, it's easy to get caught up in the day to day and the hustle and bustle of entrepreneurship just re- and, and, and forgetting about where you came from. Like, I could be in, in you know, bumping a bump of traffic in the morning and in the evening. And you know, if you've had a nine to five, you know how that is. That that's like hours and hours a day. Yeah. That, that time adds Especially up. Especially um, DC. Exactly. You get it. Yep. Mm. So what do you do now in your bad days? Um, the days that when I say bad, challenging moments in days, um, as opposed to what you say probably like three years ago. Now, so it's it's crazy you say that. Because yesterday was one of those type of days for me mm-hmm. honestly and i found that you know what i try to do i find lessons in everything and i mm-hmm. know that if i'm feeling a certain type of way i have to get to the root of it mm-hmm. say, okay why am i feeling this way then i you know i may discover that i'm overwhelmed i'm stressed okay why am i overwhelmed and stressed okay so you put too many projects on your plate you know you schedule too many calls this day so you you feel like you can't get any work done because you have seven eight calls um so I, once I do that, you know, I outline that. I just have to make the adjustments. And also, I just have to be more grateful for the positives. There's so many positives. I'm like, come on, man. What are you complaining about? You know, you work from home. You have this beautiful office, this beautiful home. Your, your wife's home. Your wife's upstairs. Your kids are upstairs. You know what I'm saying? Just take a break. Take a breather. Go spend some time with them. Then come, come, come back down. You know, go work out. Then come back. You know, th- this will be here. So it's just thinking about the, the positives. Because there's so many, man. Every day above ground is is, is a day to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, that's that's something that I try to do to 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 stay on top of that. Before it wasn't like that. You know, you, you you're you're at the will of somebody else who's calling the shots. So you have a bad bad day. It's just a bad day. Mm-hmm. Come home. You know, you may be short with the wife, the kids, and they don't deserve that. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, that's that's something that I that that's that's how that's how I'm different now than I than I was before. Mm. And looking back now, knowing what you know now, and if you had a chance to talk to yourself before you started the business, man, what are the, what are three, uh, two to three points that you would kind of give to yourself? 
Hmm. I know one would be don't spend the money so fast. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. We can talk about that for a day. I mean, I had a I say 10 grand when I first jumped out. Um, I think there's a little bit after I met you. By that time I met you, I was on the, I was on like 300. I, and it was like two months. And I was like, and I was making, I don't know what happened to the money. And I wasn't right. like buying anything crazy. You're gonna do so much with 10 grand, but yeah, nah, nah, I feel you. so what what brought you to that? Like, so give us the point and then break us down with a story or a, or a illustration on that point so we can kind of be there with you. Yeah, so one example I kind of alluded to earlier was, uh, you know, last year I, I noticed that I did a lot of traveling. Um, I'm not going to say unnecessarily, but, you know, <laughs> so for, for those who don't know, so 120 Design Studio, uh, so we're partnered with Eric Thomas. Mm-hmm. So and Eric Thomas and Associates. So, you know, just having that connection. And, you know, that, that didn't happen right away. That happened after a few months of me adding value into the community. Then they approached me and said, hey, why don't we join forces to help you out? Um, so I prayed about it, talked to my wife, and we kind of joined forces and we formed 120 Design Studio. That's where 120 comes from, if you're familiar with Eric Thomas and the whole 120 lifestyle, 120 philosophy. So that's the name that we chose. But um, I was doing a lot of traveling. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say like a groupie, but, you know, I was at the conferences and whatnot. I'm like, hey, I can go for free. I'm going to go. Um, <laughs> so and a couple of them, um, you know, when I say for free, I mean not have to pay admission. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a couple of them, we had had a table set up and whatnot. Um but yeah, I was doing doing a lot a lot of traveling, different conferences and whatnot. Then I look back, I'm like, man, we spent a lot of money. You know, I have an employee and we would go together. I had bring somebody else in. Um, but then it's like, okay, so what was the return on investment? And it really wasn't any. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um it, it, it really it really wasn't any. I mean, we we had we had a little bit, but it wasn't it wasn't enough to cover what yeah. we spent. So mm-hmm. that's just one example of how you know went through a lot of money. So now I'm a lot more conservative. With that, and I'm trying to be more strategic with with how we spend money. And my wife, she's like our CFO, and she's way better with it than I am, <laughs> as I'm sure a lot of our spouses are. Uh-huh. Um, so, and, and another thing, let me think. What, what would the, what would the second point be? Um, I was I, if I had to go back, I would say, okay, jump on a recurring revenue model faster. Uh, mm-hmm. with something that we're we're starting to look at right now. Um, but a lot of our projects are like you know lump sum uh, payment. Mm-hmm. So, and it uh, looks I'll, good I'll, for a second because you're like, woo, the checks come in. But then it's like those slow months. It's like I can still add value. You can be adding value to someone else. But it's different when you got that 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 every. That's the only thing about a nine to five that I do miss. It's like every mm-hmm. two weeks you could be had a yep. horrible week. You could do nothing at work. You could just be on mm-hmm. Facebook. That check was coming in. But is it like you said at the beginning? If you don't kill something as an entrepreneur and you don't have no subscription model or something else, bro, the months thousand dollar, five thousand dollar months. Some things hurt. Yeah, or even even you know the ten the ten fifteen thousand dollar months that you kill it, it still hurts because you exhausted at the end of the month. At the end of the mm-hmm. month, you know what I'm saying? It's like wow, I had to basically kill myself to to get here. Um, if we had recurring revenue, or let's say we had half of this was recurring, it was just coming in like you know first of the month or whatever, it wouldn't be as exhausting. <laughs> mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And then um. So let's 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 switch tables real quick, man. So we got one twenty design studio, but on the other half, you mentioned before, man, you thirty years old. You've been married for ten years. Before we even get to the to the the kids, ten years, man. What was in your system to get you married so early, man? Like, what is a uh, like? Break that down for us if you can. So yeah, we gonna keep it a buck. We got married because my wife got pregnant. Mm. Well, I'm a, she got pregnant. I got her pregnant. <laughs> we were nineteen. Oh wow. Um, yeah, when she when she got pregnant with our oldest son, you know, we trying to do the right thing in the eyes of the Lord. Mm-hmm. 
get married. So that was really the reason we got married. But by the grace of God, man, things things worked out for us, man. Like we, you know, our relationship really strengthened over time. And you know, my son, uh, you know, he came. You know, I just was it went into grind mode, man. Um, you know, I actually worked started out at Target as security, one hundred twenty pounds soaking wet. In the middle, in the heart, in the heart of Baltimore, man. So I got all. And Baltimore is a different, bruh. (sighs) Yeah, bruh. Let's let's leave it at that. But yeah, man, I worked my way up in Target over the years into into management. Um, before transitioning over to the credit union. But yeah, man, that's 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 that was that's why we got married to keep a hundred. We're not gonna sugarcoat it. Um, Uh but yeah, man, we we've been inseparable, man. Um, you know, we've been together for twelve years now, but married ten. Um, but yeah, my, my wife is my rock and she is my rock. She, she keeps me sane and I, I give her so much credit because she's the reason I'm doing this. Mm, you know, if it was wow. up to me, I wouldn't be doing this. She's the one that pushed me into this and really, and really gave me the encouragement and the support that I needed at the time. So, um, you know, I owe this all to her and God, of course. Mm. And how did you open yourself? And this is a question I, I have to ask. How did you open yourself up to receive support? Because um, and I guess I, I put myself out there and sometimes where it's crazy with my friends and even with my audiences and my books, et cetera, I can be so vulnerable, so open. But then even with, say, my girlfriend, even other relationships, at times it can be difficult for me to be as transparent on certain things. Um, I, I, I don't know. And then and, and open it up to receive help. So in your instance. Was it always like that? Just y'all camaraderie or how have you um, grown as a man to be able to receive that encouragement, receive that, that help and that aid? Or honestly, was it just like a match made and like not a match made in heaven, but like a match made? I think it's twofold because one, it really depends on who, who the support is coming from, mm-hmm. you know, because honestly, you know, people, every, everybody has advice. Everybody wants to tell you how to do things or what you should do, but not everybody's really qualified to give you that advice. So it really depends on who it's coming from first. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, to just to, to, to keep it simple, and you just gotta you just gotta accept it. And, and luckily, with my wife, um, we've built our relationship on a foundation of communication. Mm. So, and we're we're and you know my in laws, they 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 kind of I'm not gonna say they're envious, but they they really admire how we. My wife and I will have an argument or a disagreement, but we won't we won't really leave each other's presence until we work it out, until we talk through it. No matter how difficult it is um, or uncomfortable, we we work that thing out, man. We really get to the root of what the issue is and, and we really try to have an, you know, find an understanding and not just argue for the sake of, of argument. So that's something that we've kind of mastered at that point. I'm not going to. Um, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat that or, or lie about that. That's something we definitely, definitely mastered. So when it comes to um, support, that's something that I was open to from the beginning with her. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and vice versa. So wh- whether I'm willing to act on what, what she's trying to help me with or not, that's a separate, that's a separate conversation. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we've really, we've really built our relationship on a, on the foundation of, of um, communication, listening. When I say listen, I mean intently listen. You know, listen for understanding, listen for clarity. So yeah, that's that's been huge for us. So did you did you actually I never asked this question. Did you go to college? Yeah, I, I did, man. So I went to um Baltimore City Community College and I was actually on like my last couple credits before I dropped out um when when my wife got pregnant. 
Um, and I actually went went back some years later and got my associate's degree and then transferred over to Towson University. Um, never finished there though. Never never finished there. And then you know by the time um, I was thinking about going back to school, I'm like, you know what? I don't need it. Mm. I don't I don't need it. I'm good. And it's it's something that uh, full transparency. Me and my wife kind of go back and forth with all the time because she's full blown in the college camp. And I'm full blown not in the college camp. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, you know what? No, don't need it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm living proof what you need it for. You know what I'm saying? But she's like, no, no. Um, you know, not not necessarily for me, but just in general. Like she's trying to she's trying to go back, and you know, I support her. You know, finally, it's been some years where I'm like, you know, it's just a waste of money. You know, um, I'm not paying your student loans back for the next thirty years and whole nine. But um, no, I, f- I fully support her and anything she's trying to do with with that. Um. But yeah, that's that's the answer to that. Yeah, man. So now, all right. Now you have kids. So you have four kids. So so how do you as a father balance between, of course, things got to get paid, but then also, too, your family is just a bigger priority. So can you break us down um, your mindset now as opposed to a few years ago before you started your entrepreneurship journey? Because I just want an audience to kind of um, look at both sides. Man, honestly, this is one of the biggest struggles <laughs> that I deal with mm-hmm. on a daily basis is is finding that balance because like it's like it's like night and day. Like I'm either all in the work or I'm all in the family. Mm-hmm. So much so that my wife like, all right, ain't shouldn't you be doing some work right now? And I'm like, no, nah, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm I'm um you know I'm gonna spend this time with y'all and, and you know I I sometimes I I find myself feeling guilty that I'm. I'm either working, you know, too much. So I'll, I'll work and, and, and let's say I'll just go upstairs and kind of chill out with her. She's like, no, you don't have to. You know what I'm saying? You can go ahead and finish what you have to do. But then I'll feel bad or I'll be in the basement because that's where my office is. And I'll, I'll be feeling guilty. Like, um, you know, I'm probably up there alone and bored, um, lonely and bored. But yeah, it's something that, you know, I struggle with on a daily basis. But we still trying to figure things out. And luckily, my wife, uh, we kind of have a, a, a nice little situation right now where you know I'll, I'll have some some deep work periods and then i'll come up there and chill or i'll um you know she'll go out and i'll kind of uh, I'll, I'll handle the kids i don't want to say watch the kids that's my kids but you know I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know the kids will be with me while she goes out and gets you know some much needed rest relaxation just run some errands or you know go to the movies with her mother or something like that um so you know we, we kind of have that that schedule like every every week um you know, I'm trying to trying to be a better steward of my time as well while I am working. So if something does come up, you know, unexpectedly or if, she, you know, she just wants to go out or what have you, then she can do that and not have to worry about, oh, well, am I impeding on what he has going on? Or, you know, is he is he going to be there with the kids and be stressed out because he's thinking about work? So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not it's not it's something that's figured out all the yeah. way, but we're definitely it's something that we're committed to working on. Um, on a daily basis. And if you're an entrepreneur and, and you you have a wife and kids, you know how it is, man. It's it's you know you just ebbs and flows. You just got sometimes you got to go with the flow and you got to figure things out. Um, and it's tough, man, especially right now. So we have a, a two month wow. old, a one year old, a three year old, and then a ten year old. So I'm um, having a yeah, the youngest three. I know, man. It's crazy. I joke. It's like because we all home. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's like boom, the kids coming out, pop pop. So it's like, we got to try to slow down. (laughs) Did you ever imagine at 19, man, at 30 years old, you'd be a graphic designer of a six-figure agency with a stay-at-home wife and four kids? Definitely not. 
Def, definitely not. I didn't know, you know, where my life was going to take me. Um, but no, and the last three, they came, they came kind of fast. You know, we had a, had a gap. Oh, man. And, oh, and to answer your question earlier, I know we, I forgot what it was, but um, I had taken computer graphics. That was Oh, got you. Yeah, I had taken it at high school, and it was something that I was um, really interested in then. Um, and I had done a couple odd jobs here and there um, over the years. Like, I, you know, when I was at, at Target at security, one of the police officers that used to work overtime in there, um, I actually went out to her house and painted something on her daughter's wall or something crazy like that. Um, so, you know, it was, kind of, it was little little things here and there, some drawings um, and whatnot. So she knew I was into art. Mm. So how do you, and, and I, I don't ask this question enough, but uh, how how do you organize your day now? Like, because uh, that's one thing, when I jumped into business, that's one thing I had no clue. It's like, hold up. Now, when I wake up, you organize your day. No boss is telling you, hey, Here's the objectives. Here's the vision. Here's the agenda. So in your business now, how do you set the vision, the mission, the agenda, your goals, et cetera? I know that's a vibe question, so you don't got to get too mm-hmm. in the trenches with it. But from a holistic perspective, because there's a lot of people out there, because I always want to caution people about entrepreneurship. I love entrepreneurship, right? But you do realize you're jumping into something a lot of times, um, and specifically a majority of the time in black business where you're the first to do it. And there is no, there's no pipeline, there's no forecast, there's no principles, there's no rule book. It's just you. And some of us got an LLC. I first two years, I even have an LLC. You just out here getting it. So how have you over the years been able to design and start to get some protocols in it? But also too, how do you literally design your day? Yeah, man. So we we this we being transparent. This is something that. It's, it changes. It changes from yeah. time to time. So I'll get into a groove. Let's say I get up, start getting up early, um, and I have I have uh, some things that I I need to do every single day, whether it, it's in the morning scheduled out or if I just got to get it done, check it off my list. So this definitely prayer, devotion, meditation, do a little bit of reading, and also um, doing some planning, planning and strategizing, whether that's for social media or just with the business in general. So and I found that. Um, I pr- I pretty much have to take the whole morning for myself, you know, and also work out. So by the time eight nine o'clock comes in the morning, I pretty much got all that stuff out the way. So what time are you getting up? So it really depends. I know it depends. depends. So flow. It, yeah, it yeah. Some days maybe so, four, you know, I, five. Then some days yeah. maybe a seven. Boy. Yep, yep. So it's it's usually by four o'clock. That's like my cutoff because you know I set my alarm for like. 33 and then I might snooze until like four. So if, if I sleep in, it's like I'm still getting up. What time four, do you go you know to bed? So it, it, it's usually between um like nine thirty ten o'clock. Okay. But this is like I said, it changes. So that's that's one. That's let's let's say that's one option. Mm-hmm. And another option is a, a completely different shift where I'll work you know later in the day until like twelve thirty um in the morning. Well, twelve thirty like midnight, and then I'll I'll, I'll sleep until like seven. And then I'll have to push all that stuff later into the day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, and it's the things I make sure I do every day. With my wife, non-negotiable, non-negotiable is have breakfast. And we have lunch. Every together. single day. You know? Wow. Yep. Every single day. You know, she's just upstairs. I'm you about know to say, bro, so my like, girlfriend you know, about to listen travel. to this and she about to, bruh, bruh, all the dudes that got <laughs> wives that they listen to this with their podcast or whatever, it's like, because my girlfriend listened to the podcast, she'd be like, bro, what? Every single day, lynching. I mean, of course she live upstairs, but still, that's, man, what, what, yep. did you, have you always been like that, man? I mean, since you, since you create your own schedule? No, it hasn't, it hasn't always been like that, but it's something that's kind of, um, 
you know, found us. It's something we just kind of just started doing and making sure that we do. You know what I'm saying? And I think the the fact that we got so many kids now, <laughs> I've I've tried to take a lot of that stress of okay, what do I got to cook today? You know, try to try to take that off of her. So you know, I try to make sure that you know I'm either a cooking or b um on a Panera bread for breakfast <laughs> yeah. or, or something um for us every morning. It's probably b more than it is a um honestly, but um just making sure that that I'm doing that, taking that load off her because she has a lot on her already. And she, you know, to be frank, she's 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 you know watching the kids. Uh, the majority of the day while I'm down here and grinding, some I'm young working. young kids three two right uh, three one and two months in two months yep <laughs> wow two months so it's it's a lot on her so I try to take take that off of her um so yeah so you know if I if I wake up later so let's say you know we're to 12 30 1 o'clock wake up like 7 38 I'm, I'm either gonna cook or I'm gonna grab something to eat and then I'm gonna jump into the day you know what I'm saying so I'm I'm, I'm saying at the stake you know, it's not always the the four a.m. boy. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Sometimes it's later. So right now, the shift that I'm on right now is definitely working later. I might even work overnight tonight because I'm up behind a little bit on um on some projects. But but yeah, it's definitely some some non negotiable things that I have to make sure I get done every day. And it's never like sporadic where it's like a twelve thirty one night and then um and then you know try to wake up at four a.m. If I go to no, it's like either one or the other. You know, and I'll go like a month straight. On one on one type of schedule, mm, and so, even on weekends too. Um, no, you know what? No, weekends actually are a little more a little more lax to be honest, because it's less pressure from clients and there's less going on. You just work wise in general. So, yeah. And then the the last question before we go to our, our rapid fire round, I got two more questions before we go to that. Um, what what do you want your lasting legacy to be? Like a general, and it's awesome. I know that's a wide, wide question, but I know 30 years old right now, you got four kids, you got a, a bubbling design business, but at the end of the road, if you had to look at it, man, not to get too morbid, like, what do you want that lasting legacy to be? Man, I think about this a lot, honestly. And, you know, I was selling life insurance, you know, talking about caskets and, and all <laughs> yeah. that, like on a daily basis. So, you know, it's something that I, I think about a lot and it's something that I, I want to say I struggle with it, but... I wasn't really clear on it and I'm still not, I I still don't have a hundred percent clarity on that just yet, but I do know, and this is something that's been revealed to me recently is that I want to have, I want to have a, a, I want to have major impact on a lot of lives, you know? Um, And it's something I kind of go back and forth with a lot because one part of me is like, okay, you, you, you should be a one man band, you know, you're the talent, you know, like Eric Thomas, the business should revolve around you and your talent. But on the other hand, it's like, no, man, you should really try to grow this agency and really scale it so you can have a greater impact, not only on your clients, but on on others, on the employees, on those who you can teach and train. Um, because in the graphic design space, there's just a lack of representation. You know, and when I when I say that, I mean like African-Americans. This is not that many um, African-Americans in graphic design, not not successful. You know what I'm saying? They may be doing mixtape covers and, and stuff like that, but not those who really are charging with their worth and re- and really, um, you know, working with top tier clients. So I want to change that, and I want to change the perspective because even me having an interest in graphic design, I don't really look at it as like a viable career option. And I when I got started, and then, you know, it's another gentleman who was at the meetup, Patrick Pete, the gift coach. Mm-hmm. You know, he asked me how much I wanted to make. I said, you know, I'd be cool with like eighty grand. He was like, man. You can double that easy. And I thought he was crazy when he said that. And, you know, a couple months later, we was on track to do that. And I'm like, wow, 
Like I never knew. You know, and this is with no training. So imagine you put some training and some resources behind some of these kids, what they can really do um, in this space. So that's one of the things I'm, I'm looking forward to is, you know, still figuring that out, but also having more of a lasting impact on, a, you know, a larger, a larger group of people. Like even right now, like I'm thinking about the designs that I do and how, you know, and, and if you're in marketing, you know about impressions and all of that, but how, you know, just the designs I do, they had millions of impressions, you know, not just through Eric Thomas, but through, you know, a lot of my other clients, these designs, they're, they're, they're touching, you know, whether it's a book cover or a website or social media graphics, business cards, you know, they're, they're, they're having, they're having, they're, they're touching a lot of people out there. They're being seen and they're making lasting impressions with, with my design. So, um, I want to be able to multiply that, you know, multiply myself and then multiply that. Um, because like, for example, a lot of our, our clients are speakers, coaches, and consultants. You got a fire book cover. That thing's going to sell more, <laughs> more books than if yeah. it was like a whack book cover. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's more lives that can be touched from that person's story because they got a fire book cover. Something as simple as that. Mm. And the same goes for, you know, the website, social media graphics, the personal branding. And if your, your quality of your, 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 uh, all your touch points is at, is at the same level. That's more of an impact that, that you have. Because, why? Because that's more credibility that you have. That's more confidence that you'll have. So being a black man and now your 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 wife's stay at home wife. You have four kids and now you have a business. Even even while while doing well, that has to come with a lot of pressure, man. It has to. I mean, because mm-hmm. even and I think about all the times now, even as things are going straight, but I'm like, yo. I might have to keep this up for the next 30 years. Like what happened? So mm-hmm. how, how do you deal with, um, and, and, how do you deal with some of those pressures as far as specifically too? Cause like I said, you're the only breadwinner. You have a huge family and it's like, yo, I, 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 and then dealing with, okay, now I think about retirement, thinking about savings, thinking about their futures, et cetera. Like what do you do, um, to, to, to deal with some of that pressure? And do you, or do you see it as pressure? It's, it's, it's extreme pressure. <laughs> <laughs> It is it is extreme pressure, but I deal with it a few ways. One of which is mm-hmm. prayer. Um, one of which is communication. Um, and then another is making necessary adjustments because I'm thinking about legacy all the time. Now I have four kids, so that's four college tuitions most mm-hmm. likely. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, and 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 I'm 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 blessed because and it, this is this is a source of pressure and a, a blessing at the same time, like being connected with Eric Thomas. You know that the the family companies that we have, um, it's a lot of pressure to succeed. Like, oh, okay, so we got these companies. Okay, one twenty. How are y'all doing? If y'all not killing it, is y'all not? Which well, y'all not? Y'all not going one twenty. So it's it's pressure to to stay one twenty mm-hmm. and live one twenty at all mm-hmm. times. Um, but the blessing in that is the information, the resources that I'm connected to now. You know, and one of which um is Jamal Jamal mm-hmm. King. Uh, who's part of the ECA family now? Um, he goes by nine to five millionaire. Oh yeah, I heard this on, story, um, man. Blew me yep. away. I'm like, yeah. this dude with the yep, and his, his <laughs> this yep, dude. exactly. If you don't know who he is, you know he's a um, Chicago police officer to this day, getting ready to retire. But he's a multi-millionaire. Uh-huh. What, what police officer do you know is a multi-millionaire? Why? Because he has several. He's been in real estate for over twenty years. He has uh, you know, several businesses that he started and grown to multi-million dollar businesses each. So being connected with him. Like I work on his graphics, um, but he's on generational wealth. That's his whole thing, generational wealth. So just thinking more about generational wealth, what can I do now that I can pass on to my children? If I die today, 
my son, he's not about to pick up, a, you know, a stylist and, and start designing something. You know what I'm saying? So, like, how can I position this agency to, to, mm-hmm. to uh, be in a better position to provide generational wealth? And not just this, but in other areas. So, you know, whether it be real estate, you know, um, and things of that nature. So that's something that that I uh, that I'm that I'm planning and I'm trying to get pieces in, in place to make sure that I'm in position to provide for my family for generations to come. So that's something that kind of take, takes takes the pressure off. Mm. All right, man. So that's phenomenal stuff right now. So now we're going to go to the rapid fire round. I got five rapid fire questions. Um, hopefully we get rapid fire answers and then you ready to rock. Yes, What's the best piece of advice that you have never received? Hmm. I've never received. Wow. Um, man, I don't think I've ever heard this question. <laughs> Anybody, <laughs> let, alone my, let alone myself. Lord. Oh, um, you know, one of the main things that I think about often is just trust your spouse. You know what I'm saying? Cause like if I were to listen to my wife and she, she's kind of egged me on when it comes to graphic design in the past, but if I would have listened to her a long time ago, I would have been in this line, in this lane, you know, a long time ago. But I know, you know, everything happens for a reason. And, you know, everything happens on God's time and not our timing. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I guess it was destined to happen the way it did. That's something that's always in the back of my head. Man, if you just <laughs> listen to her, you know, women, they're more mature than us anyway. And my wife, she's way beyond her years. But yeah, I'm saying, man, just listen, listen to your spouse. They're they not trying to hurt you. They're not trying to sabotage you. They're trying to, they're trying to do what's best. So. Greg, I know you're not married yet, but have have lunch and stuff with your girl, man. <laughs> yeah, dang, I got you, I got you. All right, man. If you uh, <laughs> dang, uh, if you could add one habit and take away one habit, what would they be? I will say probably um, take take away my habit of of uh, Netflix. <laughs> I'll say take that away. <laughs> um, me and my wife, we'll man, we'll get into a show and we'll binge watch that whole thing until it's <laughs> Easy. done. Yup. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we got kids. What they doing? Oh. Um, and then add a habit. Hmm. I would say add a habit of saving. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can talk yeah. about that in another podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't have that. My wife has a habit. I don't have that. Habit. Yeah, nah. I'm like, earn. You know, earn. You know how the whole philosophy. Earn more. Don't say. Don't say more, earn more. Because it's hard (laughs) because sometimes you're like, well, if I have a good month, I can get it right back. Like, or it's like, that's not, I don't know. That's a whole, it's a bad mindset. It's a good mindset and a bad mindset. You feel me? Um, What is your favorite book and why? Favorite book? I would say, hmm, it's probably a tie, man. Um, What's it called? It's called um, Burn Your Portfolio. What, What they... Don't teach in design school, but should. That that book really changed a lot of the ways. Um, you know, we were doing business early mm-hmm. on, so that's been been in, incredible. It's by Michael Janda, um, and then my second, be a tie is called um, Traction. Get a grip on your business. So that's that's a book that will that will help position your business to be a multi million dollar business right now when it's not. You know what I'm saying? Um. So it, it really gives you the ins and outs of how those businesses operate with larger teams. So you can really get the root and the foundation of your business together. So that's something that I'm really diving into and doing some repairs because things blew up so fast that we kind of jumped over a lot of the steps. Mm. You know, it's like, OK, what are the core values? You know, what are, what is our, what is our employee handbook? Like, what is that stuff? You know, what is the culture? It's like we just jump right in and really um, 
flew over a lot of those initial initial steps that businesses have in place. So yeah, traction and then burn your portfolio. But if I had to pick one, I would definitely pick burn your portfolio. Mm. And if you had to, what is your, what is your, what do you think, what do you, at, up to this point, what has been your biggest win in business? Hmm. And then you can say business and life. And I know probably where you can go with life, but I just want to hear you say it. Um, I would just say um, flexibility. Having a flexibility. Cause I, I don't really want to say freedom because, you know, we, we, we people like to paint the picture of freedom. Because if you're an entrepreneur, man, you're working harder than you, you would on a nine to five. There's no freedom. You know what man. I'm saying? So, <laughs> right. But yeah, definitely, Flexi- definitely more flexibility. Like I have complete control over what I'm doing, when I'm doing it, unless I'm under like a major deadline. But like if I want, if my, like I said, my grandma's in the hospital, I could go see her right now. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to answer anybody. I don't have to, you know, nobody has to tell me yes or no. Um, I want to take half a day off, a full day off, I can do it. I want to go to Florida for a week. Like we getting ready to go to Florida um, and then a uh, family reunion um, in North Carolina. So I'm going to be gone for like, you know, almost two weeks. And I'll still be able, if I have to work, work some. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because I have my laptop with me. You know, I have a phone on me. Got the hotspot. So I'm, I'm, I'm good. So just having that flexibility, whereas if I was at a nine to five, you, you know how that goes. Like, it's just, it's tough. It's mm-hmm. tough. And then the last question of the rapid fire, if you were the president of the United States, what's the first thing you would do? They put more money into um, education and urban mm-hmm. schools. No, in those type of school districts. No, nah, that's 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 real enough, man. So uh, we yeah. <laughs> we done with that, man. And every single person I've ever had in this show, I call a culture change agent. And this last question, which is outside of the culture change round, man, I've asked every single person on this podcast that's ever done after 110 episodes to date. If you could change one thing about society, uh, most specifically our African American culture, what would it be and why? I would have to say uh, being intentional about financial literacy because i think not being financially literate is holding a lot of us back us as black people you know what i'm saying like it's just it's it's terrible you know people don't know the power that they have they don't know the power power of their dollar power of our our dollar you know spending money on on frivolous things and with companies that don't care about us um and then you know like i said not saving something that i struggle with um you know not thinking long term when it comes to certain purchases is going out and getting, the, and I've been guilty a lot, a lot of this, getting the car because you got the job, but your interest rate is crazy. And you're going to be paying that thing back with, you know, going to be almost double what you, what you thought it was initially. Um, a lot of that is holding us back because we, we aren't taught that. Mm-hmm. You know, we aren't, we aren't, we aren't taught that. So that's why, you know, when you ask me about the president, I'm like, we got to pay more money in education, schools. We got to teach financial literacy. Mm, that's real, man. That's real. That's real. That's real, man. So with that, without, with that being said, man, it's been a phenomenal, phenomenal show, man. You've gone in a lot of gyms, shared a lot of your story. So first and foremost, I want to thank you for being on. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. This has been, this has been incredible. Probably the most fun I've had on one of these. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, last, but where can people find more information about you, your company, what you do in the design work and all the services you offer and all that good stuff? Yes, sir. So you can check us out at 120designstudio.com. That's the number 120designstudio.com. Also, we're on Facebook and Instagram at 120designstudio. You can also find me on Instagram at Marshall Fox.
That's M A R S H A L L F O X. Mm. Two L's on Marshall, one X on Fox. So my Trouble troublers in nation, make sure you after the show, man. Definitely let them know how good of an episode it is. All that great stuff, man. Um, and and check out his work. Also, too, as always, make sure you do one thing and one thing only: change the freaking culture. Good night. <laughs>